At first, there is silence. Then... From the Third Coast International Audio Festival and Chicago Public Radio, I'm Gwen Maxi, and this is ReSound. That's how it started. Recordings came in from all parts of the United States, from all parts of the world. ReSound is a remix of music, documentaries, found sound, sound bites, and laudable audio from all over the world. We are hunters and gatherers of great radio, searching the airwaves, the internet, festivals worldwide, and you, you get to be the leisurely listener, putting up your feet, eating bonbons. Nice work if you can get it. The world makes a lot of noise. About 40 years in the bag there. You mind to buy the bag? What do you get for it? How much? You get $2 a bag. But if you listen in the right way, the clatter and clamor of everyday life can become more than noise. It can sound almost musical. Have you ever heard railroad train wheels rolling along the rails, clickety-clack, clickety-clack, and thought how musical they sound? Clickety-clack, clickety-clack, clickety-clack. No one was more attuned to the incidental music of the everyday than legendary audiophile Tony Schwartz. He just heard the world differently than most people. He heard melodies and harmonies and rhythms everywhere. If you listen, You can find it right beside you. Tony Schwartz died this past summer at the age of 84 after a long and varied career as a sound recordist, ad man, and media theorist. Lucky for us, he left behind more than 30,000 recordings as an audio testament to his unique way of listening. It's in honor of this legacy that we celebrate the sounds the world makes for us. Today, we devote ReSound to the music of everyday things. Stay tuned for trees, toys, bombs, and bikes like you have never heard them before. She borrowed a one, she borrowed a two, and pissed it on to you. So you thought your bicycle was for getting from place to place, did you? So did we. But it turns out a bike can be a veritable orchestra for your listening pleasure. At least it is when it's in the hands of Charlie Malave and Russell Weiss, otherwise known as Schwinn Tonation. Charlie's a singer, bass player, and songwriter for the Chicago-based group Ferdinand Fox. And Russell is a sound artist and musician whose website bio reads, quote, Russell Weiss has not uploaded his bio just yet, but he's pretty awesome anyway, unquote. When you put the two of them together and then get them talking about bikes and music... They're pretty excitable. Producer Katie Mingle has this profile. I am Russell Weiss. I am a Chicago-born and raised visual and sound artist. Being able to dig your hands into just the very rawest of material, in this case sonic material, and start from the, the ground up, from the source. You don't already know what it's going to sound like. You have an open landscape of possibilities, just like you have an open landscape of material to draw from. My name is Charlie Malave. I'm a musician and composer and rock and roller extraordinaire. A lot of times working artistically, it helps me to set up a boundary for myself. So I say, I can't do this. 
And then it's like, well, how am I going to achieve this if I can't do this? And thus the creativity <laughs> okay. is, is sparked um, or altered. And so like then we'll use the chains sometimes for like a... Like a weirda sound, like the Latin instrument, you know, with the comb, you know. It's a real nice sound that you can use, you know, to keep a real tight rhythmic basis. So. We'll take contact microphones and attach those directly to the rim of the bike tire. Somebody playing a guitar, stick your ear right up to the guitar. Yeah. And that's essentially what the contact mic is doing. Instead of listening through air, there's no space. You're getting the direct, you know, uh, transfer of vibration. We kind of just assembled an army of objects. Paint roller. Glass bottle. Painting tools. Uh, a palette knife. And move the tires around and then try to put each one on the spokes as we spun the wheel. I, I really like a, a paint roller. When you put it against the spokes, it's like... <laughs> the track is going to be really percussive, like what role is each sample going to play and what do we need to do in order for it to really achieve that? You know, like, well, let's pick up this whole bicycle and drop it so we get this, like sound and will you slow that down a little bit and that'll be our bass drum sound or you know the little clicky sound in the rear wheel we're going to use that as like a little hi-hat or like clave sound that's a lovely sound that's a lovely that's a lovely sound uh we all right so you spin the wheel real fast right get it going real good then you take a glass bottle and stick it in the spokes right and you get that really cool sound he's got all these great painting tools uh, so the palette knife yeah, you, take a, you, you spin the back wheel as fast as you can and then you put a palette knife right right between the rim and the tire and it just makes this awful squeal <laughs> that kind of thing yeah we discovered a few sounds by accident, like a laser sound by like rubbing the tire. I bought this this old cruiser bike at a garage sale for ten bucks for my ex-girlfriend, and we used that. and And the front tire is missing, so there's oh, the, the fender. The yeah. fender, and so we, we slap the fender, and it goes swing. And it sounds really metallic yeah. and clanky. We use that all over the yeah, record. Yeah, that we couldn't help ourselves. Every song has that in it. You're not going to get that on your $2,000 Bianchi or whatever. <laughs> no. I think the funniest sound, though, is when you use the brake rub. Just he stopped a wheel with with the brakes, and it goes, Hum, and it sounds like, like a, I don't know, if you imagine a, a really fat walrus playing the cello. That's the kind of <laughs> yeah. sound that wah, 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 wah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What is that? What is that? What is that sound? What part of the bicycle could possibly make that sound? You press the press the valve and it goes What is that? What is that? What is that sound? What is that? What is that sound? Squealing tire when you rub stuff against it kind of sounds like a DJ scratch in some parts. So you'll hear like on one of the tracks there's this like 
You can also bow the spoke so it has a tonal quality. And depending on how much pressure you put on the on the spoke with the bow and where you bow it, you get different frequencies. So if you bow the spoke a little higher up closer to the tire, you get those real nice high frequencies. And then if you bow towards the middle, you get more of the fundamental. You know, as a built-in object that's essentially, you know, not meant for music, it, it has a lot of options. I think if people can be, after listening to this record, if they can, like, be interested in that element of sound as any sound being capable of being music, that would be really awesome. Schwintonation was produced by Katie Mingle. The bike musicians featured were Charlie Malave and Russell Weiss. For a link to their website, come to ours, thirdcoastfestival.org. You're listening to ReSound. I'm Gwen Maxi. For me, the basic musical experience is the absence of music. During a war, the everyday sounds of the world around you can be terrifying. Fighter planes flying low over your city, for example, or explosions in the far and not-so-far distance. In 2006, during the conflict between Israel and Lebanon, blogger, artist, and musician Mazen Kerbaj responded to these sounds by making music out of them. He took his trumpet out onto his balcony in Beirut and improvised a duet with the Israeli fighter pilots flying overhead.
That was Starry Night, an improvised duet with Mazen Kurbaj on the trumpet and the Israeli Air Force on the bombs, recorded on Mazen's balcony in Beirut during the 2006 Lebanon War. Mazen blogged about the experience of living in Beirut during the conflict. For a link to his website or to hear a documentary about Mazen's work, visit thirdcoastfestival.org. S for sound. Open up a simple electronic children's toy, scramble its circuits, poke around, and you can find a whole world of weird sounds inside. In fact, a little toy like a speak and spell, which you can get at any crappy thrift store for about two bucks, can be transformed into a sophisticated synthesizer with just a screwdriver and a little bit of spit. It's true. Here's Bent by our own resound producer, Delaney Hall. No spell circuit C I R C U I T. You are right. If you grew up in the 1970s or 80s, this voice might be familiar to you. As familiar maybe as the voice of Mr. Rogers or Big Bird or Scooby Doo. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. For a whole generation of kids, myself included, the Speak and Spell was an early teacher and companion. And its voice, however synthetic and creepy, makes me feel sort of warm and nostalgic, the way childhood artifacts often do. Well, some kids in my generation have never stopped playing with their toys. In fact, there's a whole artistic movement called circuit bending, or toy hacking, dedicated to transforming old electronic toys like the Speak and Spell into do-it-yourself homemade musical synthesizers. In the hands of a circuit bender, a Speak and Spell can be rewired and transformed from this into this into this. A circuit bender opens up a toy and tinkers with its electronic guts, scrambling the circuitry and causing it to make sounds that it was never intended to make. They poke around inside the toy, listening for tones, beeps, and squawks that they like, and then they solder on switches and knobs so that they can recreate the noises on cue. The whole process relies more on experimentation, exploration, and chance than engineering or technical know-how. Most circuit benders work with toys like the Speak and Spell, which were built anywhere from 20 to 30 years ago. These vintage toys tend to have complex and infinitely bendable circuits, unlike their modern counterparts, whose circuitry has been reduced to a single integrated chip. Lots of circuit benders spend a good bit of time trying to track down these old toys, so you can often find them digging through the bins in those great warehouses of junky cultural debris. Alex, where are we? We are at the thrift store. We're at the Village Discount Outlet Thrift Store, which is one of my favorites. Alex Inglesian is a Chicago-based circuit bender and electronic artist, and he's taking me along on one of his toy hunts. 
toys are downstairs. Sometimes when I see little kids rushing towards the toys along with me, I have this like feeling of dread that they're gonna find something that I really want before me. Here we are. Definitely the first things I look for are things with speaker grills and big colorful buttons or keyboards. This is the, the light and smile farm. A lot of plastic squirt guns. I don't know what that thing is. <laughs> Got a truck, George Foreman grill. I don't think that's a toy. This one's a little smart magic lights. So here's another VTech which are always promising. Please press a key. So I guess this is the music mode. That's kind of nice. The, the, letter, the letter keys sort of become a keyboard. All right, let's go to the spell mode. Please spell cat A. Uh-oh, try oh, again. That's not how you spell cat. Please spell zebra. I really like this one a lot, actually, because like Please in music mode, e. I can actually like play melodies with the letters. Hmm. And once we open this up, we'll see sort of if it can be pitch shifted or we can add triggers to it, um, what kind of other modifications we can do. But I sort of really like this one, maybe even more than these other ones, because um, you can interact with it a lot more fluidly, I think. Cool. Hello. Alex spends $4 on three toys. A yellow school bus that recites the alphabet, a red truck that makes robotic-sounding animal noises, and a furry stuffed sea lion who discloses important facts about himself. To me, this looks like an armful of junk, junk that makes annoying noises. But to Alex, this is three potential one-of-a-kind synthesizers that will make sounds like no other instruments in the world. And that's what's so cool about circuit bending, like anybody can, you know, hack a toy. This is Patrick McCarthy. He, along with Tommy Stevenson, is part of the circuit bending duo called Roth Mobot. Which is a, a, a drunken slur on moth robot. It's a spoonerism. Patrick also teaches circuit bending workshops at the Old Town School of Folk Music in Chicago. Which doesn't really seem like a natural fit, because when you think of folk music, you don't think of electronics, you think of banjos. People have always been taking other people's garbage and turning them into instruments, like the analogy of the, the cigar box banjo. And uh, like the Old Town School, they preserve folk tradition, but they're also trying to keep their finger on the pulse of what people are doing now. Folks, like me and Tommy, who are uh, intuitive musicians, are sitting in our houses you know, with our thrift store equipment and our thrift store toys, and we're building our own musical instruments, you know, and just that is a, an attitude that is like a folk attitude, like I'm going to build my own guitar, I'm going to build my own, in this case, my own crazy synthesizer. Wow. Um, since I don't play any, any instruments, really. This is Tommy Stevenson, the other half of Roth Mobot. And even though he's very modest, he actually does play instruments, circuit-bent ones, and he builds them too for all kinds of bands like Fish and Animal Collective, in addition to Roth Mobot. I, I, I never had the patience to sit down and 
take four years to learn guitar or anything like that. So this is my way of uh, sneaking in and pretending I can play music, you know, I'll just button mash and go, yeah, see, I meant to do that. I meant to have that happen. Wasn't that brilliant? I'm glad you enjoyed it. Wow, it's actually freaking out. It's doing something I've never heard before. So that's pretty cool. Circuit Bend Instruments, like the one in Tommy's hands right now, which used to play a tinny version of Ode to Joy and now sounds more like some kind of alien electric guitar, are incredibly unpredictable. It's difficult to get them to produce the same sound twice, and so every performance becomes a kind of improvisation. But that's part of the appeal for a lot of circuit benders. When they open up a toy and mess with its insides, they're exploring unknown territory, and they never know quite what kind of sonic mysteries they might discover. I'm curious what's going on inside here. It sounds like there's gonna be bugs inside this one. This is Alex again. After leaving the village discount thrift store with our newly purchased toys, we headed back to his house to open one up and poke around inside. We decide to hack the school bus, which recites the alphabet and plays little tunes on its keyboard. Please press a key. First, I am just basically taking out all the screws in the back. So our goal is to expose the circuit of this thing. Which proves harder than you might expect. Alex tries several different screwdrivers and then resorts to an electric drill, which he uses to force the toy open. Yay. There it is. Now Alex licks his finger so that it's more highly conductive and begins prodding the circuit board. At first, nothing happens, but then he hits something. I won't get into the technical minutiae of what's happening here because, frankly, I don't understand very well myself. And that's okay. Every circuit vendor I talked to for this story assured me that you don't need to be an electrical engineer in order to hack toys. The simplest and, I think, most magical explanation for what's happening is this. Alex has become a part of the circuit. His fingers are connecting points in the circuit that weren't previously connected and he's causing electricity to flow through the toy in entirely new ways, which produces entirely new sounds. Just by the simple modification, like it completely expands the sonic possibilities of this thing. It really just like pushes what used to be like a cheap kid's toy into the realm of um, electronic musical instrument. So what compels circuit vendors to do this? What compels them to stick their fingers into strange electronics to produce alien noises? The circuit vendors I hung out with are drawn to the art for all kinds of reasons. Some are environmentally minded and think repurposing electronics is better than throwing them away. Some found that it was a way to create music without any formal musical training. Some appreciate the do-it-yourself empowerment they feel digging into consumer electronics that warn no user serviceable parts inside. And I was drawn to it, mostly because of the delight of watching something so ordinary transformed into something so utterly different and new. 
That was Bent by Delaney Hall. To see pictures of some circuit bent instruments, visit thirdcoastfestival.org. Actually, Gwen, just a word here. If any listeners out there are inspired to hack their own toys, that's wonderful. But please, for your own safety, don't mess with anything that actually plugs into a wall. Battery-operated toys only. That is right. You're listening to ReSound from the Third Coast Festival and Chicago Public Radio. I'm Gwen Maxi. For me, the basic musical experience is the absence of music. Let me uh, clarify that statement. I mean to say that wherever anyone is, if he simply listens to ambient sounds, disorganized as they are in his environment, this experience of sound is for me the basic music, which I simply interrupt when I put sounds into it. Okay, I understand that. ReSound is a production of Chicago Public Radio and the Third Coast International Audio Festival. I'm Gwen Maxi. The program is produced by Delaney Hall and curated by Johanna Zorn and Julie Shapiro of the Third Coast Festival. You can hear today's program at thirdcoastfestival.org, where you can also hear dozens of outstanding documentaries from all around the world and subscribe to our podcast. Lead support for the Third Coast Festival is provided by the Richard H. Driehaus Foundation, with additional funding from the National Endowment for the Arts, American Airlines, and Chicago's Navy Pier. Music for ReSound is provided by Reckless Records in Chicago. If you want to contact us, we would love to hear from you. Hey, um, it's me. I saw you called earlier this morning. Um, I'm having phone issues, so um, why I really haven't been answering my phone or paying very much attention to it, which is fine. Um, hope everything's all right with you, and I call you Bye. Email us at resound at thirdcoastfestival.org. Resound returns next week with more radio that you can't hear anywhere else unless you live everywhere else.